Welcome to the First Century Church Podcast. My name is Stephen Wilhoy, and I'm the lead pastor at First Century Church, and it is an honor to have you with us today. The goal of the podcast is simple. We want you to be encouraged, challenged, and inspired to go further in your faith than ever before. If you'd like more information about the church, you can visit our website, firstcenturykc.com. And if you happen to be in the Kansas City area anytime soon, we'd love to have you join us for one of our live gatherings to connect with you in person. Again, thanks for joining us today, and we hope that you enjoy today's message. So I want to welcome you today to week two of our series called Conversations. And if you heard last week, I'm sure that you were definitely blessed by the conversation we had um, with James and Ryland Bishop about his battle with ALS. And so if you missed that, you can watch that on our YouTube channel on our website and check out that conversation. Today we're going to do a conversation. Here's the thing. I'm going to ask the same questions I asked them last week, but we're going to get different answers because we're talking about a different faith journey. And so I'd like to have uh, Mary Alice Weimer and um, Tammy Page. Oh my gosh, I almost called you the wrong name. Tammy Page, come on up and greet them as they come this morning. And they are going to... We're going to have a conversation today. Well, welcome, ladies. Thank you. It's good to have you here. Thanks for doing this. I know maybe getting up in front of people and talking about your personal stuff may not be the most amazing thing, but we appreciate it, and I'm sure that we'll be blessed um, by this conversation today. So I have the two of you up here because you both have dealt in different ways with cancer. And so we're going to talk about, we're going to have a conversation about your Um, journey with cancer and how that intersects with your faith and uh, your other parts of your life. And so I'll start with you, Mary Alice. Tell us about your journey with cancer. Well, I am currently on my second journey with cancer. In 2000, I was diagnosed with stage two breast cancer. I went through treatment and I went back to living my life. And On October 31st, appropriately on Halloween, I was told I had stage four metastatic breast cancer, which is, if you watch the commercials, the relentless one. Um, It came back, I have breast cancer, it's in both of my femurs, my pelvis, my spine, and a few little spots in my liver. So it is not curable, it is treatable, And I have had to learn to deal with it, thinking of it as something chronic rather than something fatal. I've had a lot of treatment. I continue to do treatment. I had to have, where this all ended up was uh, in my bones. And so I received a um, report from the radiologist that said my bones looked moth-eaten. So I ended up having to have it a titanium rod put in my right femur because they were afraid my leg would break. That's how chewed up I was. So I'm still here. Um, it is, um, it's a journey and uh, you go just one day at a time. Yeah, that's good. So Tammy, tell us about your journey with cancer. It's ugly. Mm. Uh, <laughs> It's a day you never forget. It was August 6th of 2012, which just so happened to be my daughter's birthday as well. Um, 
I was diagnosed with stage four colorectal cancer. I was treated with chemo and radiation until I thought I was gonna die. Um, I laid on my mother's couch for two years. That's how bad it got. Um, but as Mary Alice said, I'm alive today and it's all because of the prayers. Um, it has resurfaced three times. The last time was in late 2018 and in January of 2019, I had part of my liver removed and I am almost three years cancer free. Yeah. yeah. So Mary Alice, tell me when you received either, either time your diagnosis, what was your initial reaction? The first time, which was well now 21 years ago, the first thing I asked was, am I going to die? Um, this time around, I had a different reaction. Um, maybe it's because I had a physician that kept saying to me, I can't believe there's anything wrong with you. I can't believe there's an, and I, anything wrong with you. And I thought, well, if my doctor doesn't think there's anything wrong with me, why should I get upset? <clears throat> Unfortunately, she was very incorrect. The second time around, I, can rem I was pretty much awestruck. I, I don't know that I felt anything. But I remembered later on saying to God, what didn't I learn the first time? that makes me have to do this again. Once was plenty. I did chemo and radiation the first time around. This time around, as I said, I've had surgery on my leg. I did 38 chemo treatments in 52 weeks. I continue to do chemo every other week, and I see the doctor every month and have blood work. So it's, cancer teaches you to be a marathoner. You can't be a sprinter. Wow. But my first reaction this time around was I pretty much was numb. Hmm. Tammy, same question. When you got that first diagnosis, what was your initial reaction? Um, I know it sounds kind of cliche, but why me? Why me is what I ask. What did I ever do to anybody? It makes you think. But the first, that was my first thought, but the first thing I did was call my dad. I said, pray. Pray like there's no tomorrow. That day, I went from the clinic to the house where she called and said, they found cancer nodules in your liver. Go back to the clinic. They're going to do some more tests. I went from that clinic to a second clinic that very same day. My doctor is like a pit bull. When she gets a hold of something, she don't let go. And that whole week, I went to every test known to man, I think, because they didn't know where it was coming from. That day, she sent me to a second one. And when I come out of the room, there was an old-fashioned prayer meeting going on in the lobby. My dad and my mom had called family members, and there was seven or eight of them there, and they were all praying as hard as they could. And my doctor told me when I first met him, he said, short of a miracle, I'm gonna do everything I can for you. He's a believer, 
And that made me, I just went, thank God. He believes in God as well. So he knows that it's not him. It's through him. God is going to do his work. And it was the biggest relief I have ever had in my life was knowing that he thought the same thing I did. And it's just been, when it come back the second time and then the third time, my thoughts were, after freaking out, of course, um, oh, Lord, here we go again. I go to Ed. Oh, it's going to happen again, and we're going to do this again. But you get, you, you have to just, like Mary Alice said, you just one day at a time, you just plug mm. away. Yeah, it's true. So how has this journey with cancer, how has it affected your faith at all? I think what I've learned is why I'm doing this the second time around. I think my faith is much stronger. Mm-hmm. First time around, and I was 20 plus years younger, I just sort of did it and I went back to living life like I had. I wasn't a bad person, I don't think, <laughs> but I think this time around, I'm a better person. Yeah. Um, it, it shifts your focus a great deal from poor me, why me, to I now live saying, okay, God, I have this. How can you use me to help somebody else? What can I do today to be a blessing to somebody else? I think we all know somewhere in our minds, someday we will die. However, when somebody tells you, you have something that's going to make that happen, maybe sooner than later, it shifts your way you live your life. My faith in God is stronger. I feel like he's closer. I have learned to be quiet, which if you know me, that's a big thing. (laughs) Um, To listen, to follow his lead. I've learned that there's not anything that I need that he's not going to supply. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm single. I live alone. I some days feel I walk this path alone with other human flesh-covered people not being around. But I am closer to God now than I have ever been in my life. And it is, it is comforting. It's actually fun. And it's kind of exciting mm-hmm to say, okay, what next? Now what are we going to do? Because without him, I would probably not be sitting here this morning. Uh, we've had all those times I went to chemo. You go at the same time every week. You get to know the same people. Mm. And we've had many, many conversations on how do people without faith walk this path? I don't think it's possible. I know people that had no faith, had no hope, and, you know, they died. They, they, not that that wasn't God's plan for their life, but they did nothing. They had no hope. And I think my hope and my resolve is much greater this time than the first time. It was just you just do it and you go back. This time is different. This was a game changer. Wow. 
Hope's powerful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's everything. So you, there's definitely a deficit when you don't have it, and there's definitely a difference in your life when you do have it. You so, can look at people mm. and pick them out of a crowd, the hopeless from the hopeful. Oh, yeah. And um, I want to be one of the hopeful ones. I want to be some kind of an example for the hopeless. Yeah. For those, because uh, there's sure a lot of people walking this path right now. And I doubt if there's anybody in this room that doesn't know somebody that hasn't mm-hmm. been affected. For sure. Well, let me ask you a follow-up real quick. So you, you mentioned about using it to help other people. I know that you do a lot of volunteering. Did, did your journey with every years with cancer impacted how you volunteer, or have you just always kind of been involved in that way? I've always kind of been a volunteer, but I think I did it for the wrong motives. Okay. I think I do it now to hopefully be a blessing to somebody else. It wasn't so much, what am I going to get? Won't, won't people think I'm a good person mm-hmm. if I do this? It's now, what can I do to make somebody else's life better? I, it's, it's that storing up your treasures in heaven. Sure. I understand that better now. Um, I have an opportunity to, I'm a fourth angel for the Cleveland Clinic which is a program put together by Scott Hamilton, the ice skater. Uh, one of those coincidences that I found out about, you know. Um, and what I do is I've been paired up with women all over the country who also are in my age bracket who have my diagnosis. We never meet. We, go, we talk by phone. We talk emails. We text. I have hopefully encouraged, and they have been encouraged to me, women all over. I have a lady right now I talk to on Cape Cod. I have a lady in Pennsylvania. I have a lady, a couple ladies in Ohio. These are things that would never been allowed to happen had I not been diagnosed with stage four metastatic breast cancer. So it's a, I don't want to say it's a blessing. I don't wish this on anyone. Sure. (laughs) But it's not as hopeless as it sounds, that the yeah. world would like for you to think it is. Sure. It's not, it's not a blessing, but you found the blessing within that, mm-hmm. which is powerful. So, Tammy, how has your journey with cancer affected your faith or impacted your faith? It's, my faith is definitely stronger. Um, I grew up in church. Everything that I was taught and all the little words you hear they actually have a meaning now, and I understand what those people were talking about. Um, faith in God is, like Mary Alice, Mary Alice said, it's your only hope. And if, with, if you don't have it, I think life would be really, really sad. Um, this has built my faith, and I'm still in construction. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not perfect by no means. And I do struggle from time to time because the old human part of me says, you're going to die. You're not going to wake up tomorrow. Or when it comes time for scans, it's back. I know it's back. That's what my brain and my human part says. But then I just have to not listen to it and my husband saying, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. You're going to (laughs) be. My GI doctor says, Get out of my office. I got sick people to deal with. Um, <laughs> it's just taught me to believe that much more in something that I was taught to believe in to begin with. Mm-hmm. It just kind of 
confirmed everything that I've ever been taught. Wow, that's powerful. And kind of how <clears throat> you're both describing it, it makes me think of King Solomon. So when he's young, he writes Proverbs, and he's giving kind of warnings and how to live life and how to do it the right way. And then when he's at the end of his life, he writes Ecclesiastes, and that's a bummer to read. You know, at the end of Ecclesiastes, he says, everything is meaningless, all is meaningless. And what he did, he failed to do what, what you have done is see what God's doing in his life and learn from what's happened or what's happening um, and just still follow what, what God would have you to do. And um, so I think that's amazing that you've turned this negative by any, any measure, right, uh, into something personally positive, helping others, encouraging others, walking through them, with them through this. So it's just a huge, uh, a huge testament to your guys' faith being lived out. It's not just something, it's not, faith is not something I just believe, it's how I live. And so I think that's, that's incredible. So you mentioned maybe a little bit um, of where you are currently, but kind of give us a picture of kind of where things are now cancer-wise and maybe what the prognosis seems to look like. Boy, that can change from day to day. Sure. Um, I recently had a scan. Um, I've been marching along pretty stable. When all this started, one of the tests they do is called a tumor marker in what I have that shows how active the cancer was. My tumor marker when I started was over 1,100. Um, it's recently been down as low as 50. Wow. So, I mean, praise, praise God. God for that. I recently had a scan a couple of months ago, and it showed a little upswing in some of the spots in my spine. Um, I saw the physician's assistant who came in sort of glum and sort of, oh boy, I can't wait to hear what she has to say. And she basically said, well, we're not going to, we're not, here's her statement, we're not going to jump off a bridge yet. And I thought, well, I'm not jumping off a bridge anytime. But <laughs> she said, but we'll watch, we'll see your next scan, and then we'll decide. But I'm expecting things to change. Well, I didn't know where to take that, and those kind of words are hard to hear. And so last week, in fact, this week, I saw my oncologist who came in looking like a little ray of sunshine with her nurse who were all beaming, and I thought, they must be in the wrong room because I'm sick. And she, I said to her, finally, I said, after we all this pleasantries and chit-chats, um, am I done for? I mean, is this it? She said, absolutely not. So I'm having a scan on the 2nd of December and an appointment on the 6th to find out what's going on. When I was first, they were trying to decide what I had. I had a there was a question as to what it was that I actually had. Um, it was either multiple myeloma or metastatic breast cancer because apparently they look a lot alike. So I had said to my doctor, if I have to have one of these, which one do I want? And she said, you want the breast cancer because there's many more treatments for that. Um, I'm not giving up hope. I'm not folding up my tent and heading out. It makes you look different at things differently, though. It's kind of that reality check, because I go through so many days, and I feel really, really good. 
and then it's like the enemy comes in and just does that little kind of slaps you right up the side of the head and it makes you it jar it's kind of a pothole you know it kind of jars you and it knocks you off your course and i that's kind of where i was what the prognosis is there as i've said there is no cure for this i will do this something forever and there is a cure i mean i could expect a miracle to happen and or the other cure is i go to heaven and i don't have to worry about this anymore um but right now i'm still on the journey and it's kind of fluid um i'm praying that my next scan that was just some sort of a little hiccup and we go back to going forward my tumor marker still is just at 80 which is a whole lot better than 1100 Amen. so um and i'm not a doctor but i can tell you that that's a <laughs> that's better um so i'm good and i feel good and so that's that's what you gotta be thankful for for sure so tammy catch us up on where things are with you and what things tend to look like for you the first day I met my doctor he said after he told me the diagnosis the stupid part of me said am I gonna lose my hair I've grown since then <laughs> uh, my hair will come back um, in fact it has with a vengeance except for it's getting gray on its own I don't, I don't like that part but um, <laughs> Thank goodness for L'Oreal girls. Um, <laughs> the prognosis, he told me, he said, there is no cure for what you have. He said, but you will be my patient for the rest of your life, just on how often you see him, whether you're active or inactive. Um, like I said, I've been free for almost three years, which is amazing, but you still have that little Thing in the back of your mind that says it's going to come back but it gives you when you have your low days when you don't feel good and I seem to have quite a bit of those and I think I've just gotten used to having them to say the old phrase get thee behind me Satan you start using that quite a bit because he's going to fight you the closer you get to God the closer this journey brings me to God, the more he fights me, and the more I have to tell him, you know, go find a rock, <laughs> get under it, and be gone. Um, you can only do so much, and putting your faith in God, and listening to him instead of Satan, weaseling his little way in there, it helps with the bad days. You get to... Uh, this is the best I have felt in almost 10 years. Mm. It'd be 10 years next August. I actually want to get up and go outside. There's still days that my recliner is very inviting. <laughs> but I feel like I can do stuff. We've signed up for the CERT training. We start, and I'm, I've got my foot. I'm wanting to do more things now. Yeah. And that's all because of what God has done for me. He has given me a team of doctors. Couldn't ask for anything better when you're in that situation on this earth is to have the best team of doctors you can, you can build. And my phone has got a whole list of them in there. 
<laughs> so you learn to lean on others for their support. You ask for prayer, but then I find myself offering prayer to others. The last time I was at the clinic for blood draw, there was a man sitting there with his wife, and they were discussing what was going to go on in their meeting. Come to find out it was their first meeting. And I had asked the nurse to see if he would at least give me his first name so I could pray for him. They didn't want to do that, but that doesn't mean he's. you pray for every one of those people in that room with you when you're waiting to see the doctor. I find myself praying for others more often and not worrying about myself because he's already working on that. Mm. That's good. I think the thing that with cancer and what this is and what Tammy's talking about is that Satan is so sneaky. And, you know, you get up with, I get up with a pain in my knee, and it's like, oh, my gosh, it's back. Yep. You know, I got a pain in my elbow. Oh, God, it's back again. It just, it's, I can't even explain it. It's that power of faith to overcome that, or you would spend all your life sitting in your recliner. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I have to say, I got a dent in my couch cushion that, <laughs> that, you know, it knows it's me when I sit down because I've sat for a long time. 2018 was a wash. I sat in my house, and, and as she said, your hair falls out, and don't ever worry about that. The only thing, the problem with your hair falling out is it's really cold without hair. I feel really <laughs> sorry for people that don't have it or are bald. But you learn the priorities in life. And, but Satan will use every possible tool. Amen. And he will use other people, people who mm. care about you. Words that are said. And probably, and I know they didn't mean this, the way it came out. But I have someone ask me once, if you stop treatment, how long do you think it would take you to die? And I thought, and I said, well, if I knew that, I'd go to Las Vegas and place a big bet because <laughs> I'd be a winner for sure, you know. But, um, but you learn the people to stay with, stay close to. You learn the people to distance yourself from. But Satan will, and he can use your best friend if you're not careful. If you give in, that's when Satan, that's his little niche. You get a day where you're weak and you're tired and you're like, I, don't, I told my son one day in the hospital, I don't want to do this again. I don't want to do this anymore at all. He said, that's not you, T. He mm -hmm. said, you can't, you can't do that. And from that moment forward, I'm fighting because I have them to fight for. And God has supported that decision. I know it's his will what's going to happen to me. But as long as I stay with him, I think he knows what my heart wants. And my heart wants to fight it. So I just, I keep fighting it. Yeah. You have to. Well, and you know Satan's good because the very first thing he ever, the first lie he told, he twisted God's words. Mm -hmm. So if he can make people misunderstand what God said, then certainly he can use our neighbor or relatives, you know, against us or our own thoughts or emotions exactly. against us. I mean, he will get in any little nook and cranny he can to, to work his evil, dark magic, you know. Uh, so that's a very real part of that. So we've talked about generally how cancer has affected your faith. Let me ask specifically if this has, and if so, how uh, this has affected your view or your belief in healing. 
has, has your journey with cancer affected how you think about healing at all? Well, I believe in healing. I think that I have to say I still have cancer, but I have to believe from many things I've been healed. It hasn't spread. Hmm. Um, after I had my leg surgery, um, my liver went kaflooey. In fact, I had a visiting nurse that said, people with numbers like this should be glowing in the dark. Um, everybody I saw, I would say, what color am I? You know, because I, I couldn't tell if I was yellow or not, but <laughs> I was expecting to be. And um, it turned out to be medication-related. It had nothing to do with my, as the nurse said, my liver was just hacked off uh, because of all the things gone into me. I feel like I was healed from something that could have been mm. worse. I, I don't... I don't not believe, that's not even a sentence, I believe that God still could heal me of this, but I also feel that God has a purpose for me to have this disease. And so if he heals me and takes it all away, hey, that would be terrific. But if he heals me by taking me home to heaven, that's even better, you're right. Um, But I think healing, I know people that have been healed from things that, I mean, we all know somebody that had some gloom and doom prognosis that is still up walking around. Um, Do I believe he heals everybody? No. Do I believe he'll heal me, like, take it all away? I don't know, but I can't live not believing you won't. Mm. That's good. So, Tammy, what about you? has, Has this cancer journey affected your view of healing? And if so, how how would you say it has? I definitely believe in miracles because it's a miracle that somebody with what your body goes through with this kind of a diagnosis and the treatments, it's a miracle that you get up every morning. I look at it that way. Um, Every time the cancer has been kicked down and gone away and I haven't had to have treatments, that, to me, I mark up as a healing. God has healed me for this time being. Yes, it can, it can resurface at any minute. I can go to the doctor next week, and he can say, your blood levels are off, let's do a scan, because it might be back. But I definitely believe in miracles and healings. I mean, I always, I grew up believing. Mm-hmm. But this, having this diagnosis just, kind of pounds that into your head and your heart a little bit more. You know it can happen, but now I've seen it. I've been part of it. And every day is a miracle. Every day. That's right. That's good. Well, this has been uh, encouraging, um, and you've said a lot of things that have encouraged people. Let me just end with this question. What would be someone who's maybe dealing with uh, a similar diagnosis whether it's cancer or something else that's incurable or, or they're just facing an impossible situation, what would be your encouragement to that person? I think I would probably say don't give up. Don't believe what people 
tell you. Don't believe everybody knows somebody who had this and they died a horrible death. I mean, don't believe the words of non-believers. Don't stop fighting and be good to yourself. Learn to say no to things that don't bring you joy. Learn to say yes to more things that bring you joy. Find more things that bring you joy. Um, and learn, as I said kind of facetiously, learn to become a marathoner. Learn to go one step at a time. This is not a sprint. If you really look at it, life is not a sprint. Mm. But um, it's that and being forgiving of yourself on the days that you do doubt and that you do cry, and that you say, this isn't fair, boo-hoo, poor me, you know, have that little pity party, but don't live there. I read this book by a gentleman who was a, a professor at Columbia University, and it's called The Last Lecture. He was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and at this university, each year, a professor did what they called the last lecture. Well, his last lecture was his last lecture. And part of what his, his philosophy was, you have a choice in life to be an Eeyore or a Tigger. Hmm. And I chose to be a Tigger. There's nothing wrong with being, everybody's an Eeyore sometimes, where woe is me, poor me, nothing will ever be better. But I chose to be a Tigger, and in fact, I had a shirt that had that on it. Hmm. And... Um, but I, I encourage people to keep putting one step in front of each other and find folks that'll lift you up when you, like in the Bible, when Moses' arms got too tired. Yep. Somebody came alongside of him and helped his arms stay up in the air. Find those people and surround yourself with them. And if you don't have them, just pray. God will put them in your life. They're probably there already. There's people mm -hmm. waiting to be asked to help you. And so um, don't think you're in this alone. That's good. And I'm going to refrain from doing my Tigger impersonation as well. Oh, so you're welcome. God. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tammy, let me uh, ask you the same question. What would you, what's your encouragement for somebody who's facing any number of impossible situations? What would you tell them? Um, everything that she just said is true. But if, and that's just daily life. Find yourself a good faith-based support system. Family, friends, uh, strangers, even strangers. If you go into like a group meeting of some sort to help support yourself, strangers can be really helpful as well. But when you're given a diagnosis like this, everything that she just said, that faith-based support system, double down on it. Don't ever say no to anybody. If they want to help you, it's their blessing they're getting when they do. That's the way I look at it. My mom used to say, what can I do to help you? Nothing, I'm fine. You know, camping out on your couch for two years is probably enough. <laughs> she used to beg me, let me make you something to eat. Don't want to eat, I'm not hungry. But after a while, you learn to where you can, okay, I could use a shower. I need some help. So she would give me a shower. It's strange the things that you will do when you're in that situation. I always thought, 
another adult giving me a sh that sounds kind of weird but she would put me in the shower and hold me up and shower me you learn to do things that you don't normally do and you accept help lean on those people and make sure they are definitely faith-based because otherwise no telling what they're going to say to you that's going to be like Satan they're going to get that in there and then it's going to make your mind go that way so having somebody that has the same faith uh, base that you do is a big a big thing so that's what I and pray for them just yeah. pray yeah well said well ladies again thank you for doing this with us having this conversation I know that some of us kind of know a little bit of your stories but it's it's great to hear more of that story and how it's impacted you personally and spiritually. And just want you to know that we're part of your support system and we're, we're behind you and we're praying for you that all, all of the markers are going the right way. All the tests come back uh, the way that we want them to come back. And um, yeah, just know that we're here to be, be here for you however you need us to be here. Thank you. So absolutely. Well, let's, uh, we'll close in prayer today, and then um, we'll, we'll call it a day. So God, thank you for this conversation, for this opportunity to get to know more about these two awesome women uh, who are part of our church, and uh, we are just, we've been so blessed by them today. We're blessed by them all the time, just their encouragement, their attitude, uh, especially despite what they are facing personally and physically and medically. Um, and that's where it comes down to, again, as, as Nehemiah tells us, the joy of the Lord is your strength. There are some days we don't have that, and so we need the joy of the Lord to be our strength. We need your strength. We need your joy. We need your peace because we just don't always have it. And so you supply what we lack, and you give us what we need, and you're always there. The Scripture says you're a constant help in time of trouble. And so we do. We lean into you. We trust you as these ladies have, and we trust you on their behalf. We pray that you would do a work in them that no one else can do. We pray that you would be the God of the impossible, the God of miracles. As, as Isaiah writes, you are, uh, by your stripes, we are healed. Through Jesus, we find healing. And so we pray for your will to be done as they're battling cancer, that they would continue to find ways to be a blessing, uh, and that uh, as you heal them in whatever way, in whatever time that you see fit, that we would just give you the glory for it, however that looks. And as weird as that may sound, we do, we want to give you glory in all that you do. We want to see you in all that you do. We want to notice what you're doing, even if it's hard to see, it's maybe impossible to see. God, give us the kind of faith that they've described today. Give us the kind of eyes of faith to see beyond what is visible, to see what is supernatural. And that's our encouragement, and that's our hope. And so I pray that you would just bless them and keep them today and bless all of us and keep us safe as we leave this place today. Give us a great day and a great start to our week and bring us back next time ready for more of you in Jesus' name. Amen.